Hello and welcome to the Biblical Truth of the Word with Dr. Apostle Daniel Kwache. My name is Faustina Ojewa Ajiman. Here on this platform, we are here to deliberate, discuss, and talk about deep mysteries about the Bible and Christianity as a whole. You're welcome, sir. Thank you. Before this session, there was a box played to help you understand and also hear what people have in mind or things that baffle their mind concerning the Christianity and the Bible. We are here with Dr. Apostle Daniel Pache to help us relate this information and understanding to our viewers. You're welcome once again, sir. People usually have issues concerning the Bible. People say the Bible is not reliable. People say the Bible are stories written by people like us. But Christianity says the Bible was written by the Holy Spirit through people. So we want to know how reliable is the Bible? Thank you very much. Uh, this is a, a brilliant question. It demands a lot of uh, explanation for ordinary man's understanding. The question has to do with the Bible reliable. This person is baffling many people, even among Christians. Some of them are still contemplating whether the Bible or the scriptures are true words of God. Uh, can we rely on it? And um, many other things. The Bible has a way of explaining uh, itself. And before I continue, I will say that if there's any word uh, that I could use, which is higher than reliable, or at least that one, the Bible is more than reliable in so many um, areas. For instance, uh, if you want to deal with this question, then we have to look at the Bible, the internal reliable of the Bible and the external and uh, reliable of the Bible. Uh, what do I mean by that? The external reliable of the Bible has to do with um, other archaeological findings that confirms that the Bible is very authentic and beyond even the word authentic. In a uh, recent time, Archaeology and uh, historical information has helped to uh, support the Bible that is more than reliable. And it says that uh, recently there was archaeological findings, findings and um, other artifacts that confirmed the fact that uh, the incident that took place uh, in Ravina, where uh, the Egyptians were pursuing the people of Israel, it is believed that. Uh, the Ribanal, by the miracle workings of God, they were buried uh, up or they were carried away uh, by the Ribanal. Recent uh, theological findings confirmed that there were a group of people that went to the bank of by Jordan Ribanal and uh, they dig deep down and they were able to discover a lot of uh, charros. And a uh, few research confirmed that these were charros that uh, the people of Israel, Egypt, were using to pursue the people of Israel and it was drowned in the river now. This particular find, archaeological finding, is a, is a confirmation to the fact that the Bible is uh, true and is reliable. Aside archaeological findings, there are other scholars of the Bible that have also done serious, serious uh, series of research, like um, Norma uh, Gisler and uh, William Nix. These are great Bible scholars. They have also confirmed that the New Testament alone is 99.5% and reliable and accurate. 
uh, how did they uh, came out all these things? It was uh, other external research they did and uh, physical confirmation that was also to do with the uh, New Testament event that took place. There were people that were allied when some of the research were conducted and eyewitness accounts were also added to confirm to the fact that the Bible is not just a historical book, but it's something that took place. Now, uh, if we want to continue, then we'll look at the internal, the internal dimension of the scriptures that supposed to uh, make everybody believe that it's reliable. That has to be the prophetic accuracy. And that is the big one. If you want to explain this one, it will take us a longer time. I don't know if I'm permitted to continue with that one. Yes, you are. Now, the prophetic uh, uh, accuracy of the scripture, that uh, also, is also helping us to rely on the scripture. If you are Christian, has to do with numerous prophetic words. So the Bible is two thirds of prophecy. And these two thirds of the prophecies, more than 70% have been fulfilled in our very eyes. Right. For instance, uh, we can talk about Isaiah, who prophesied about uh, a virgin shall conceive and he shall give birth to uh, somebody who is called Emmanuel. Now, if you come to this to place somewhere, Isaiah chapter number 7, verse 14, that is about 700 years uh, later, we saw it in Genesis and Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, that a, a virgin was conceived in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. When he had a gather of angel Gabriel, and it was announcement of uh, the birth of Messiah, which the Bible prophecies has recorded it so many years back. And he did prophesy that this child that is going to be born is going to do this, going to do this, not an ordinary person. Then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we realized that the baby Jesus was born. And the Bible said that this is a confirmation for what the prophet spoke, that a virgin will give birth to a child, and they'll call him Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel, that was mentioned in the Old Testament, has to do with uh, something very, very important we need to explain from the original language, that is the Hebrew language. Emmanuel is a combination of three names. You will see it, I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, from the Hebrew background. The English spells it, E-M-M. Now, Emmanuel is a combination of three Hebrew words that has to do with Iman, Elohim, Lis. This is a prophecy from Prophet Isaiah giving information that one day God will come to this world and he will become a man and they will call him Emmanuel. And 700 years later, a child was born and they called him Emmanuel. Aside that, where Jesus should be born was prophesied by a prophet called Micah, chapter 2, verse, chapter 5, verse 2. He said, Ephrata of Bethlehem, it's a small village, but out of this shall proceed the Messiah. They realized that in Genesis chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, when Herod realized that another king is born, he inquired from the uh, uh, people that have biblical knowledge that where did the Bible declare that the Messiah will be born? And he said Bethlehem. And that was exactly where he was born. So about three, more than 300 prophecies of the whole uh, Testament, and also the New Testament. And it is believed that, mathematics, mathematicians believe that it can never be a coincidence. And if we want to read it uh, in probability dimension, see that for this thing to be fulfilled, it has to do about 10 raised to the power 70. That would give us trillions uh, of figures. It should not be possible. But more than 300 and more of the Old Testament scriptures have been fulfilled now very high. And right now, it's still fulfilling. 
That tells you that the Bible is authentic, accurate, and you can rely on it because the letter in the scriptures are fulfilling every day. And we are seeing it being fulfilled in our very eyes. And for that matter, the Bible is uh, the word of God. You can rely on it and it will never fail. Okay. So since the Bible is reliable, listening to you, you're telling us that the Bible is reliable. We can trust the Bible and all that. We have perceptions. People have concerns that the Bible contradicts itself. Can you please explain deeper for us to understand? Because you, 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 you hear someone say this today. The next time you hear the opposite of the same thing in that same Bible. And so we, we are, we, we are listening to them and we are like, okay, we are confused. Is this Bible contradicting itself? Can you please help us with this one? Yeah, before I touch on that one, I still have to mention this particular one to help audience to have qualification about uh, the Bible that is a book you can truly rely sure. upon. If you look at it, uh, the Bible scientifically, if it's science, it's helping to confirm the accuracy of the scriptures. You know, before scientists discovered that the, the word was spherical, it was already mentioned in scriptures. You know, in uh, first of all, in Job chapter 26, verse 7, talks about, he said, God created the earth and it's hanging in the air. Now, scientists have confirmed that all the planets are hanging. Before scientists discovered that the word was hanging, the Bible had already mentioned it. So it seems like scientific findings are rather helping to confirm the accuracy of the scriptures. That is one dimension we should all know. So science is really helping to boost the morale of the Bible. Now, Isaiah 40 verse 22, I won't have time to read. It talks about the word is spherical. So before scientists discovered that the word is spherical or round or whatever it is, Prophet Isaiah, by illumination of the Holy Spirit from the creator who created uh, all things, had already given a preview, uh, information that the word is already spherical before scientists discovered and confirmed that the word is spherical. So scientific findings are also helping us most really to confirm that the Bible is accurate and reliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say something on what uh, you asked about uh, whether the Bible contradicts itself or not, there is no way uh, if you really understand the Bible, you can uh, conclude that the Bible contradicts. It only contradicts itself in quotes, when you don't understand the hermeneutical and the exegetical dimension of scriptures in terms of interpretation. Because what you are reading and you think it's contradicting itself or contributing to another scripture somewhere might be your personal problem because the Bible is a book everybody must read. But there are certain places called the great area of the scriptures that demands learned people to break it down because it's also a spiritual book. So, if you look at a scripture like John 3, 16, talks about, for God so loved the word, God loved the word. Then 1 John chapter 2, verse 50 also talks about, do not love the word. Mm-hmm. So if you compare these two scriptures, you might, you might, you might conclude that the Bible is contradicted. It has to do uh, with uh, interpretation. Now, the first one in John chapter 3, verse 16, that says, God so loved the word. And the other one is saying that do not. do not love the word. Now the crucial word and the striking word is the word world. W-O-R-L-D. 
Now, the first one in John chapter 3, verse 3, she's saying that word is different from the, the another word that is uh, recorded in uh, 1 John chapter, uh, uh, how do you call it? 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 15. So the first one that is in John chapter 3, that word, for God so loved the word, has to be called cosmos from the original language, the Greek word cosmos. Now, cosmos has to do with the people. The people that lives in the world is that word or the human beings that are in this planet is what John 3 C is referring to. For God so loved the world. It's not a planet, but human beings that live in that planet. But do not love the word, nor the taste of the word. That one is aeons. Now, that particular word has to do with the systems and operations of this word that contradicts the scripture. The way people live their lives in the worldly realm is what that scripture is talking about. So if you don't know interpretation of these two scriptures, you might think that the Bible is contradicting itself. Because God is saying, for God is loving the word. And God is telling us we should not love the word. Mm. It contradicts itself. But it boils down to interpretation. So God so loved the word. He's talking about cosmos, the people God created in his own image. Mm. They do not love the word. It has to do with the systems, the operations, the agenda of the world that contradicts uh, with the scripture or an evil way of enriching yourself or anything that doesn't uh, back by scriptures. That is the system. So God loved the word. Is the people. Do not love the word, the systems of the word. So there's no way in scripture, if in Bible, the scripture interprets itself. And there's no way you can find contradiction because the Bible is very harmonious. That is what I want to say that if you still want to know something about it, you can put a question. Okay. Then I will. So, still on the contradictory, you can only understand the Bible by interpretation, right? When you understand, reading it, if you read it by your own flesh, you might not be able to interpret it well to your understanding. Listening to what she said. So are you saying that if reading that, if I should read that for God so love the world and do not love the world in my own flesh and I read it, I will understand it in the way that it's written. So how do I get the interpretation to really understand that this is the world that this one is talking about and this is the other world that this one is also talking about? How do I get that interpretation? Very good question. Um, the scripture and all declares that we should give study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman, which is the preacher or child of God, who needed not to be ashamed must rightly decide in the word of truth. It's only that everybody can read the word and understand the Bible and understand it to some extent. There are great areas in scriptures. Great areas has to do with places people are baffling with because it looks as if it is contradicting itself, like we are what we have said already. But uh, there are also people that's what Bible said. I'll give you pastors who are full of knowledge and other things to teach you. So most at times, in as much as everybody can read the Bible and understand it to some level, there's also a need for a teacher. That's why God has did faithful ministries. They are apostles, they are prophets, and they are teachers. They have special grace. And they can give in-depth of the scripture. That is why if you're a child of God, you should find a church and go, especially a church that pastor is well rooted in scriptures, who can demystify some great areas in the scriptures you may not understand. So one don't necessarily have to go to Bible school or be a, a, lit, a, a literate 
before you can able to understand the scriptures. But there are portions of scriptures you will need a teacher to teach you. That's why the Holy Spirit in us is the first teacher that we will use the author of the scriptures. The Bible has divine dimension and human dimension. And if you look at the divine dimension, it will need divine inspiration to understand certain portions of the scriptures. What do I mean by that? The Bible was written by the Holy Spirit through an agency of men. So in as much as the Holy Spirit is speaking to a man, a man have to use his mind, his, his brain, pen and paper and write. And you have to use a language to write it. And as you are doing that, there's a possibility that maybe you can miss something, a word, but not the central message uh, that you have been received. And for that matter, there's a need for somebody to throw more light on the scriptures for uh, people who want to know more about the scriptures so that they can get understanding and don't think that the scriptures contradict itself. So there's a need for a teacher. And even the teacher also needs another teacher to open up the scriptures into another dimension. So every child of God needs to learn the scriptures through the tutelage of his pastors or any other person that's ahead of you. You understand most of them, but where you can't understand, you need somebody of a higher dimension to help you explain the mind of God to ordinary men. Okay, so how can we trust the teacher? The teacher is a human being. The teacher is like me. Probably he has a name called prophet or apostolic or reverend or a pastor. I have, I don't have that particular name. So how then do I trust that the interpretation that he has given me or whatever that he's teaching is the truth? How? Thank you very much. The first mechanism you have to use to cross-check the uh, authentication of the scripture is the Holy Spirit in you. Every child of God, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside him. And the Holy Spirit, like one the Bible says, uh, I think 1 John chapter 2, verse number 27, talks about the Holy Spirit, the anointing have received, abided in you. And once that anointing is in you, you don't need anybody to teach you. That does not connote you don't need a teacher. And the Holy Spirit will help you to cross-check whether the teaching that is coming is from God or is the anointed one. So the Holy Spirit in you will help you to cross-check every message from a, a teacher or a Bible preacher, if it is coming from God or not. And it is a mechanism that is inbuilt in the every child of God, and you should be able to look into it. So the Holy Spirit in you is the right uh, a master and that can cross-check the scriptures and let's appreciate whether it's authentic or not. So that means that no matter who you are, you still need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. to really interpret the word of God. Exactly. Even if you have a teacher, you still need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit to confirm when the teacher is teaching is right or is giving you a wrong message. Teach your last words. How do I get this Holy Spirit? How, how, what, what, what do I do to, to get this Holy Spirit instilled in me so that I can really interpret the, the Bible? You don't uh, really need to interpret the Bible. You need to understand the Bible for yourself. Okay. Then you extend your understanding to other people. Now, one thing we should know that as a child of God, the day you become one and gain, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside you. The day you become qualification to receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit has to do with being born again. Being born again means accepting Jesus Christ as a Lord and personal Savior. If you accept Christ, the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, will indwell you. And when the Holy Spirit indwells you, you do that, you carry God inside you. And that is the best way for you to be able to um, understand 
the scriptures and able to obey even the scriptures that has been interpreted in and fulfilled divine uh, mandate. That's what I want to say. Thank you so, so, so much for coming. This is the end of our discussion today. We'll meet up next week for the next set of topic from our comment session and from our viewers outside. Thank you so much for sticking and staying with us. Please do well to follow us on all our social media handles, Apostle Dr. Daniel Kwachi, and subscribe. Make sure to share your comments and also share for other people to also get this information as it will help to develop yourself and the nation in a whole. My name is Faustina Ajman. Meet me same time and I'll be here. Bye.